Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Squad Room, the podcast devoted to creating and optimizing a healthy and fulfilling lifestyle for first responders all around the world. I'm your host, Garrett Tesloff. I'm a sergeant for a sheriff's department here in Southern California. And on the show, I talk to a variety of experts in a variety of fields looking for those force multipliers that I can apply to my own life. And the goal is to make me and you happier and healthier so we can tackle this challenging career with energy and focus. Now, today, I say we talk to subject matter experts, but today, I am your subject matter experts. This is a solo show, one of the uh, only... Uh, usually, I have a topic, and I'll do a, a, a written or not a written, a verbal essay, if that's such a thing, on a topic. Uh, today, I'm just going to talk a little more freely, a little more openly about a topic that I get the most questions about, by far the most questions that I get emailed to me about today's topic. But before we get to this, uh, I want to remind you that you can get more information on this episode, including some show notes and links to going by going to thesquadroom.net. You can also subscribe on iTunes, of course, and Stitcher, and follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at The Squad Room, and join our Facebook group. You get on Facebook if you're the one person in the world that doesn't have it. Actually, lots of cops don't have it. I get it. But if you are on Facebook, uh, search out The Squad Room Podcast Group. We should pop up. Uh, select uh, Join. And uh, and I'll let you in. It's a closed group, so it's just not open to everybody. The reason we do that is just to keep out the the naysayers and the critics and the whiners and that sort of stuff. But if you're uh, a cop, you're interested in being a cop, you support cops, we'll uh, love to have you in there for the discussions we have. And some of my answers to today's query came from our listeners. I posted it out in the group and said, hey, what do you guys think? And I got some really great answers back. So um, I'll be uh, I'll be adding those in as well. All right, so today's uh, topic, like I said, it's the, it's, it's the most emailed question, the most asked question on Facebook, on a message, on any of those things that I get. And it's, uh, it's interesting because to me, it seems, some of it seems kind of obvious. And I guess in hindsight, it's obvious, but maybe not at the time. Uh, I'll tell you my story. And maybe that'll help you understand my perspective. Uh, very first thing is my disclaimer that I am not. Well, let me back up. The question, if you didn't read the title, the question is, how do I get hired to become a, a police officer or some version of that? I want to be a cop, but I'm having a hard time getting hired. I want to be a cop, but. So we're going to address those buts today. So the first disclaimer I got to make, though, is that I'm not a background investigator. I'm never been one. I am curious about it, but uh, I've only been on the one side of the interview. Actually, that's not true. I have helped with applicants and testing and promotional oral boards. So I've sat in the spot of evaluating people, but I've never been the guy who does the background investigation and that sort of stuff. Have friends who have, have plenty of time, have plenty of conversations with people who've done that, so I understand it a little bit. And some of our listeners, like I said, have, who are background investigators, chimed in with their comments as well. So they're going to help me move along with this. Okay, so the first part of this is probably just before you ever step foot in an agency is the decision that you want to become an officer. And it shouldn't be any surprise to anybody who knows anything about being a cop that physicality is a big part of our job. And it's a big part of the academy. And depending on where you go and what kind of academy you go to, it could be one of the biggest parts about it. When I decided to transition from the private sector, working uh, as a music executive, into law enforcement, I did not run. I hated running. 
I still hate running. But I started asking, what do I need to do? And universally, the first thing I got from people, what do I need to do to become a cop? The first thing they always told me was start running. Because uh, that is one of the most tried and true methods of physical fitness testing that they do. It's part of the physical aptitude test to get on. And it's just, of course, one of the best ways for cardiovascular endurance and weight loss. I was, I was, I wasn't overweight, but I was definitely uh, loose in the cage, as our former guest Tony Horton likes to say. And I started running, and I was told that uh, you need to run, you need to be able to run like a mile, mile and a half by the start of the academy. Like, okay, that's doable. And what I didn't realize was that I had to go through a pre-academy. And I'll get to what a pre-academy is in a little bit. But basically, it's uh, for any military guys out there, they'll understand it. It's like an in-doc program or something you go through before you even get to the program, the academy itself, that puts you through the ringer just a little bit more. And my pre-academy actually was tougher than my academy running program. So I went from running a mile, mile and a half, a couple times a week and feeling good about it. I mean, like, oh, I got this. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna be good in the academy, too. But the pre-academy, when I started, we started at three miles a day, and we went up from there. And that was brutal. And it affected the rest of my academy uh, experience uh, detrimentally, uh, almost to the point where I had to quit. So... Start by running. And it might seem silly, but ask around. If you know the agency you want to go to, go on a ride-along. And one of the questions you need to ask is, what do I need to prepare for the academy? But also get an understanding of what their physical fitness program is. If you're in Colorado, like Colorado State Patrol, I know, has a very aggressive CrossFit-based program. So doing functional fitness stuff is probably beneficial in a situation like that. My academy was old school, like military calisthenics, jumping jacks, running, sit-ups, air squats, that sort of stuff. Stuff that I didn't do. I was a, I was a gym guy, if anything, and I was not uh, used to any of that stuff. Military guys succeeded a lot better in, in, uh, in my program, in my physical program. So the first thing to do is just start running. Now... What you, what you want to do, I think, uh, if you don't have this already, is have an idea of where you want to work, first of all. Don't just shotgun out your resume to 20 different agencies. It's exhausting filling out all that stuff. But also, it does kind of give off a sense that you're just desperate for a job and that you don't have any vested interest in that specific agency. So what I did, and, and I should say, too, I meant to do this at the beginning when I was kind of given my disclaimer about, uh, about testing, but, or about being a background investigator, but in my testing. So when I tested, this was back when people wanted to be cops because <clears throat> it was a good job. Jobs were kind of hard to come by and it was a high demand job. We tested, I think 535 people in my testing group. The day that the people that showed up for the physical aptitude test, there was 535 people and they hired five of us. So that's 1% of the people that, went, that, that took the physical test, made it through that gauntlet of all the other testing. They hired five of us, so about 1%. And that's not uncommon. That's, that was, at least at the time, back in 04, 05, um, an accurate description of your chances. What I think that means is a good thing, and I'll, I'll explain that. 
if you were to tell people, the general public, that there's a 1% chance, if this is your dream job, if you want to be a cop, and this is the, this is your 1% chance of, of job, there's, or there's 1%, there's a 1% chance of you being able to get this job. I think that's a good thing. Because if you want this, if this is really what you want, that means you don't have any competition. That means that 99% of the other people are going to self-select out for one reason or another. And I think that this elevates your chances that much more. So don't be intimidated by that. Be inspired by that. All right. So have an idea of the agencies you want to work for. Pick two or three. Do a ride-alongs, plural. Ride with different people. Ride with different shifts. Understand the culture of the agency. Understand the specialty assignments, what there is for you to do, uh, because you might uh, you might have an agency you like, but they don't have any specialty assignments, and you think, that's good, I'll be good with patrol for the next 20 years because this patrol environment is exciting. No, you're going to be bored after 10, I guarantee it, and you're going to want to go do something else. You're going to be a detective, you want to go do a SWAT, you're going to want to do something else. So make sure that there are uh, are collateral assignments or full-time assignments for you to go do to kind of keep you interested because you will burn out on patrol. I just It's going to happen. For those of you dedicated to wanting to go to a sheriff's office, ask the question, how long are you going to be in the jail? Some agencies, of course, you all you do is you go through the academy. They send you to the jail. After a couple years in the jail, you come out to the street, and then you're a patrol officer. Uh and then there's different things that happen from there. Some agencies, you get promoted, you go back to the jail. Uh, others, like uh, like the one I work at, <clears throat> is a two-career two track system. So you get hired, you can go to uh, into custody and work custody your entire career, or you can go to patrol. You go straight to patrol out of the academy. So even though I'm a deputy sheriff, I have never done a day of, well, a forced day of work in our custody uh, setting. I've always been on patrol. So that's different than other agencies. Uh, one agency I really wanted to work for, Sheriff's Office, um, very highly regarded agency, really squared away. And I went through the testing, the first day of testing, passed the physical, passed the written. And at the end, they said, congratulations, everybody, you're on to the next testing. Oh, by the way, you're going to spend nine years in the jail before you go to the street. And I did an about face and walked out and said, nope, I, can't, I already know I can't handle nine years in custody before I go out to the street. Some people can. There's nothing wrong with that, just for me. So I'm, that's what I'm saying is know the environment that you're trying to apply into because you don't want to be caught by surprise. Uh, another example of being caught by surprise, one thing I didn't know, it's not enough to like affect me and want to do the job, but we are also a coroner's department. So most counties, they, they split the difference between the law, they split between the investigation of the law enforcement side and the coroner's side. So the coroner's bureau or coroner's detectives are totally different people. They have a totally different boss, um, different system, and different obligations. At my agency, they're one and the same. So I wear two hats on the death investigation, both as the law enforcement investigation and the coroner's investigation. But what that means is I'm surrounded by a lot more dead bodies than I ever expected to be. And it was literally one of those things where I'm on field training and they're talking about coroner's reports, reports, and I'm like, I'm sorry, what we do? We do what with the dead bodies? We we uh, okay? I really missed that in the brochure, and like I say, it's not enough for me to want to like leave, but it was certainly a shock to the system. So know the agency, know their responsibilities, know their jurisdiction, know their equipment. 
and just go on those ride-alongs and ask questions. One of the best things you can do online, most agencies now, sign up for the job notification because often they'll only post them for two weeks at a time and you don't want to miss out. If you sign up for the notification, you get an email in your inbox when they open and then you can uh, apply from there. Uh, you know, like I say, lay the groundwork, at least one ride along more, at least a couple, use preferably a couple. And if it's a large agency, definitely do them at different stations. If you have the chance to go to a citizen's Academy, I think that's a good thing to do. If you're kind of thinking about becoming a cop, uh, I did a citizen's Academy with a neighboring sheriff's office. Uh, and that's what convinced me to come do this full, full time. So Citizens Academies are great uh, ways to get information and knowledge and understanding about police work. Also, if you're too young yet to, to start, I'd say get into the Explorer program or the Cadet program. That's a great way. If you know the agency you want to work for, that's a great way to get your name out, to get some uh, consideration. I wouldn't say preferential treatment, but some consideration because they start to know who you are. Um, also, there might be a situation where you need some time between you and something in your past. Totally fine. That's acceptable. We understand. <laughs> Cops are people, too. We've made mistakes. Uh, my background investigation got uh, got uncomfortable at times. But uh, time. Time literally heals all wounds. And there might be a civilian opportunity for you, a civilian position within your agency that at least gets you on the books, gets you into the program. And uh, and gets you known so that when you are ready to make that transition over, you can do that. Uh, also, there's opportunities to volunteer. It's another thing to do if you want to um, start to understand the agency culture that you're working in. Um, so those are things to do. But what I um, leave the individual officers alone, unless you're on a ride along. On a ride along, they understand that you're going to want to ask questions. Um, if they're personal friends of yours, that's totally fine. Or if an officer reaches out to you, that's fine. Um, but um, you don't want to be the guy who's bugging everybody about a job and wants a job. And he's he's so hungry, he's desperate. And that is easy to come off like that. Um, it's not hard for somebody at one of our state, you know, if someone wants to be a cop and they're they might come up to three or four different officers and ask the same exact questions and come off as really, really eager but pushy. It's not hard for that for us all to connect the dots that it's the same person, and uh, and then they get washed out. Um, so just be careful with that. Do do those ask those questions through formal formal means, like like doing a ride along or setting up an interview with one of the background investigators or going to a presentation that sort of stuff. All right, so on your application, this is a part where a lot of people screw up something that's so simple. But uh, nowadays, luckily, everything online, it's a lot easier. And especially since most agencies now use the same system, you don't have to retype the same application over and over and over again. When I went through, back in the early 2000, you know, 2003 through five, when I was applying, not that long ago, but everything was still paper. And I had to type on a typewriter, uh, my application and where uh, my applications, plural. I mean, I probably, I probably ended up telling you to do what I didn't do. I probably put out 10 applications, uh, in different stages. I had to type them all. And where do you find a typewriter in 2005? I mean, it was too early for the internet, but it was too late for typewriters. So I was always at a Kinko's, uh, like a long ways from my house 
at late at night in between my other job knocking out these applications. And if you screwed up, oh, my gosh. Anyway, so if it's online, do it online. But proofread. Don't assume that your spell check is going to catch stuff. you got to read it. you got to proofread it, especially if there's an essay. Uh, put it through, uh, if you're bad with spelling and punctuation, put it through grammar check and spell check first in Word or Google Docs. Then cut and paste it into your application. But don't send that thing off until you've looked at every letter, every address, every number to make sure everything is correct. Because there are plenty of justifications and plenty of agencies that will kick you loose for screw-ups on the application. Because if you can't get that right, you're not going to get other stuff right. And remember, this is a detail-oriented job. And we're looking for people who pay attention to detail and who can handle detail and who can also then articulate details. So everything you do is in the details. All right? So... Uh, if it's online, it's a lot easier. If it's a hard copy, first thing you do, make copies. Make copies of the application because you're going to screw it up. The one thing I did that I think served me well, one of my first applications was extremely in-depth. I think it was like 40 pages. And I copied it. I wrote it out in hand. Didn't worry about my penmanship or anything like that. I just got the information down on paper. And then I transposed that to, a, to the actual application uh, in typing. I would suggest typing, if at all possible. Uh, it is hard to find typewriters, but it's worth it, especially if you have bad handwriting. But it just goes the extra mile to make everything nice and neat and clean. Uh, and again, attention to detail. It shows you have attention to detail. If you can't find a typewriter, one thing I like to do is use a ruler. Put a ruler on the line and write on that ruler, and at least your lines are nice and neat and square. And then most of your letters will end up becoming about the same size, too, and things become a lot cleaner. Uh, the other thing is that's great. This so this 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 copy that I had that was a master file or a master application that I then typed. I when I wrote it out by hand, that became my master application because if you're applying to different agencies, your information needs to match, and you need to make sure that if you include a job in one application, that you include it in the other. And because if they don't, someone might catch that, and if they know that you've applied with other agencies, they might be going to that agency to look at your application. And if you all of a sudden emit a couple years of employment, they're going to start asking questions. And it's maybe it's totally legitimate or it's just a mistake, but it looks bad. Again, mistakes, and we want attention to detail. Do not leave anything blank on the application. Uh, if, you, if, if, you, if something doesn't apply, write that. Unknown or DNA does not apply or none or something like that. But no, make sure that they understand that you saw the question. All right, physical test. Uh, this is often sometimes the same day as the retin, so address appropriately for each. Try and ask your background investigators if you're going to have a chance to change. But here's what I recommend. Usually there's a break in between, like like physical in the morning, written in the afternoon. That's how ours was, and that's how often they are, or vice versa. But when you come for the physical, obviously you got to be in your PT clothes. Um, don't wear anything ridiculous. Wear basic shorts, uh, wear your shoes, wear a T-shirt. Don't wear a T-shirt that's like beast mode or uh, hot pink and talks about your six-pack abs or something stupid like that. Just wear a T-shirt. You don't want to stand out as the cocky guy during the physical because you'd be surprised how easy it is to fail those sometimes when you're not paying attention or you're getting ahead of yourself. Just Try and blend in. That's the whole point of the physical is to pass it. It's not to be number one. It's to pass it. 
Some agencies they might rank uh, they might rank you on the PAT and you might get extra points for winning. Cool, but don't make that your end game. Your end game is just to pass. These are usually pass fail. There's three ways I think that you can really fail the physical. First is the obvious one: you're out of shape uh, and you're not ready. Two is you go too hard, um, and uh, three you just do something incorrectly. So story about number two: go too hard. Right? I I did everything well. For my agency, I took a bunch of these. Um, I did well for my agency, and I came to the fence climb, which was simple. I've done that a bunch of times. And I was feeling good, and I was feeling ready to go, and they blew the whistle, and I went charging off after that fence. And it it was in the morning, and we were on a football field at a high school, and the grass was dewy. And right as I planted my foot to go up onto the fence, I slipped. And instead of going up and over the fence, I went ass first on my back, sliding into the fence. I was able to get up and recover and hop over, but with like a second to spare in a, in a time frame when I should have been able to sit down and, uh, and make a cappuccino before the timer buzzed. This time I barely made it. And if I hadn't, if I had failed that, that at that moment, I was out. Uh, I would have had to wait another six months for an Academy chance. So, don't go too hard again just go the way you need to go that doesn't mean to sandbag it either because you might do that on the run and all of a sudden you're out of you're out of time um but a lot of times i saw people just fail by doing something incorrectly they didn't ask a question they didn't understand the obstacle course they didn't understand the sequence of events they failed something and they're gone again attention to detail so if you have questions ask them uh the run simple start running Body weight movements are always the best for some of the other stuff. You're you're probably going to get tested on your pull-ups and sit-ups or some version of that. So start doing pull-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, lunges. Use your correct form. Go on YouTube and make sure you got correct form because the last thing you want to do is injure yourself because the academy is just going to be even tougher. Um, you know, I would suggest warming up. Try and warm up before the physical test. Even if you're Even if you warm up and then you're cold again for another half hour while you listen to instructions, try and get something warmed up. I, uh, I, um, I tend to have a high heart rate. I spike if I'm not warmed up and it's just miserable. Um, if they offer PT prep, which a lot of agencies are doing now, go to it. You'll get a much better understanding of it. You'll get to know people. The recruiters will get to know you. Um, lots of agencies now offer like a Tuesday night run just to get you ready to go running. All right. For the written test. And this is this, this, this number one is for everything else. That involves contact with the agency. The written test. Dress appropriately. Dress appropriately. What is dress appropriately? Boys, men, suit and tie. Ladies, pantsuit, something conservative, a conservative uh, skirt of some sort. It is not flip-flops. It is not cargo shorts. It's not a t-shirt. Don't be that guy or girl. Usually the guys. Every time you interact with your agency, the agency you want to get hired by, whether it's just dropping off paperwork or it's going in for your interview with the chief, should be in a suit and tie. I can't tell you how many times I've seen someone come in in flip-flops and shorts and a t-shirt and they want to be a cop. And you look at them and go, dude, (laughs) get out of here. You've got no business. Show that you've done the work. Show that you've done the preparation. And most importantly, here's what the suit and tie tells people. That you respect them enough to pay attention to your dress. That you feel this is important enough to you 
that that it's worth your time to get dressed and and to put on a tie. When you show up in a suit or in flip-flops and cargo shorts and a t-shirt, that tells me you don't care. It tells me that this was the equivalent to you of an application at Home Depot and that this is not something for you. And whenever I see someone do something like that or they come on a ride-along like that, I do uh, honestly, I do everything I can to make sure they don't get hired because that's telling me that they don't care. And if they don't care now, they're certainly not going to care later when it gets hard. So dress appropriately on the written test. Read the instructions. I think people miss out and fail so much because they just don't read the instructions and, uh, and they overthink it. Just read the instructions. Don't overthink it. Answer the question that's in front of you. Don't lose track of time. That's another one. Um, if you're having a challenging time, try and divide the number of questions by the time you're given, and then that'll give you a guide or average. If there's 60 questions and you got 60 minutes, you know you got about a minute a question. And if you can't get that question answered in a minute, move on to the next one. And you can try and come back. Uh, that ha- that was helpful to me to, uh, in a promotional test. Understand, okay, I got about three minutes per question, and I got to move. So it gives me a time frame. And then I don't panic about not having the rest of the test done. Uh, Prep time for essay answers and understand that that's going to take a large part of your time. Uh, For scenarios, if you get a scenario question, read it in full and then reread it. And keep in mind, uh, ask yourself these things as you're reading the scenario question. So what is the question actually asking you? Don't assume, don't add. Um... That's that's a that's a key part of it. Um, I think something you can probably do is call into your HR departments, bigger agencies, not so much because they don't like answering the phone. But what kind of test is it? Is it a, is it? Some are just grammar and spelling. They want to make sure you can read and write. Some I've heard of are really scenario based, like like you're already in the academy and you're expected to know some stuff. Um, practical scenarios. Do you need to know penal codes or county codes or ordinances or anything like that? Uh, do you need to know things like probable cause, reasonable suspicion, or is this just kind of a grammar test, uh, uh, an intelligence test of some sorts? There's big differences in how you uh, how you can study for those. And there's plenty of resources online about how to study for these written tests. Uh, the essay questions, the scenarios. Write carefully, watch your spelling and grammar, and answer the question. Uh, if you get a tactical scenario question, a question that asks you, you know, you respond to a bank robbery and there's five hostages, whatever. Uh, those are challenging questions if you've never actually done it or if you've never actually been trained in it. Like, I don't, I don't know. When, but here, here's the tips. Here's, here's my system or here is my explanation for how you at least get an answer out there. If you get a scenario question like that, you know, respond to a domestic and the man has a gun. Well, here, here, here are some basics you can cover that are that are going to help you. First thing you do is secure the scene, and secure any weapons. Your uh, your obligations are to protect the lives of the officers, the victims, and the suspects in that order. I might get some blowback on this, but uh, order of life protection is officers, victims, suspects. Now, officers are first because if you're not protected, you're no good to the victim. Right? So you got to protect your own life first, and then you go after saving the victims, and then the suspects are last. Uh, another important thing to do is protect evidence and secure it. And then you, 
I like this phrase. You would conduct the investigation as trained by your department. Anytime they ask you to do in this or the oral, whenever they say, give you a scenario question, you say, I would follow the training of my department. If you got nothing else to say, at least say that because that means you know you don't know it yet, but you will, and that's what you're going to do. You're going to follow that. And then obviously you would notify supervisors and complete reports and paperwork. But that's getting into the weeds a bit. Uh, something else you might want to consider on these scenario questions, consider uh, that you would do uh, is requesting additional units or specialty units. Do you need SWAT? Do you need the air unit? Do you need a canine? Um, do you need detectives? Do you need forensics? Do you need the coroners? Um, those are kind of obvious ones, and there's never anything wrong in a scenario answer of saying that you're going to ask for more units. All right. In the arrest, if they say you would have to make an arrest or you didn't arrest, you would say, uh, you know, after all the things you conducted your investigation, you protected life and evidence, you con uh, conducted the investigation as trained, you completed the paperwork, and you decided that an arrest was appropriate, you would complete or affect the arrest, if appropriate, as directed by state and federal law or in accordance with federal law. So you would arrest if a crime, if you, you would arrest if you had probable cause to believe a crime occurred that violates state or federal law. You're not expected, no one should expect you to know what the laws are yet. But they might be pushing you to try and get an answer, and if you, that's a good way to answer without having to go too far into it, is that... You would complete the arrest, if appropriate, as directed by state and federal law. All right. Uh, some other things. Essay questions. <laughs> this one seems kind of obvious. Know how to spell your agency's name. You know how many people that think there's two R's in sheriff? Uh, know your city. Know your you know your county. Know, know those things that are around you. Um there are plenty of books for helping with grammar and spelling. Find those. Email, there's email lists, all sorts of things you can do to help improve your grammar and spelling as well. Multiple choice tests. When in doubt, pick something and be less concerned uh, about them seeing the answer you selected. So just it's, e it's easier sometimes. I wouldn't do this in the psych test, but in the written test, if you don't have an answer and you just need to keep moving, just pick something. Don't leave it blank. Uh, but don't do that in the psych Oral board, uh, again, dress appropriately, not flashy, dark suit, uh, subdued tie, white t-shirt, or a white dress shirt. Don't be coming in in like a hot pink dress shirt or some silky looking dress shirt, just white, just keep it white. Uh, make eye contact with the board members, shake their hands on their way in if, if you can. Um, the person who's asking you the question, that's who you should focus the majority of your attention on, but don't forget the other people in the room. Don't bounce your legs. How many times I've listened to somebody on an oral interview and they're bouncing their leg and I can hear their keys rattling in their pocket. Maybe you should take your keys out of your pants. Put them in your suit jacket. Speak clearly and confidently. That's a tough thing to do in an oral board. But the people who do are the cream of the crop and they rise to the top very fast. Speak positively about yourself and others. Don't, don't, talk, down, uh, don't talk down about yourself or other people. This is a good chance for you to show that you're a positive person um, and that you're only looking for positive things. When you get a question, don't start talking right away. Breathe, compose yourself, think about your answer, 
and then answer. I much prefer hearing that, hearing someone go, and then go, rather than a minute of them BSing as they get their brain on track and spun up to start answering the question. If you don't understand the question, ask them to repeat it. And if allowed to ask questions, you can. Oftentimes on oral boards, you're not allowed to ask clarifying questions, so you just have to take it as is. But if you don't understand the question, they can usually repeat it for you. Uh, when you're done, shake hands with everybody. During the interview, let me back up a little bit. During the interview, <clears throat> relate your experiences and how it relates to law enforcement. If you were a waiter, that means you're good with people. You know how to handle upset customers, and you can multitask. That is cop work. Being good with people, knowing how to handle complaints, and being able to multitask. You know, um, if you were uh, another one, I, I always I always talk about this. <laughs> Starbucks baristas would make great cops because they can multitask like crazy. They have to be polite and nice, and they've got a million things going on. Um, if you've got work experience, it's going to relate in some way. You want to emphasize your ability to interact with people, your ability to handle stressful situations. Um, your knowledge of the area and the agency and why you are going to be a good cop. You know, maybe your old job was loss prevention at a Kmart and you, you really felt like you were helping toe the line between good and evil. Great. Talk about that. Talk about your previous experiences and, and also talk about what you want to do in the agency if you're given the chance. Now, don't say you're going to go be SWAT on day one, but talk about the things that you want to usually eventually accomplish. It's going to help you. All right. Where am I? Uh, other things on the oral. Uh, sit straight up. Put your hands on the table. And uh, either use them to talk. Put your palms down while you talk. Or <clears throat> interlace your fingers. When you put your hands down in your lap. Underneath the table. What happens? Your Head goes down, your spine starts to collapse, you round your shoulders forward, and you look pathetic. St sit up straight, shoulders back, hands on the table. Like right on the, I usually try to put mine right, right bef before my elbows on my forearms, right at those at the end of the table. And then I'm not, uh, f I'm not flailing around when I use my hands, but I have them there to talk and help me talk. Uh, so yeah, sit straight up. If this chair swivels, try not to do that. Turn off your phone. That's obvious, you'd think. Um, and then your priorities. Your priorities in any scenario situation, going back to those, are the preservation of life, the preservation of property, and the preservation of evidence. Then you also have apprehension of suspect and then conducting a thorough investigation. Um, so those those are good. For, that's all good stuff for the for the oral the personal history questionnaire the big background packet first thing the most obvious thing not it's not actually it's not obvious it's obvious to me but it wasn't obvious to everybody be honest and i by honest i mean don't be honest with what you put down but omit stuff put everything down be honest you would be surprised what is allowable what is acceptable as past behavior, if it's explained, or if it is shown that you can or have rectified the situation, it shows that you've matured, that you've grown, that you've grown, and that they want that. They are not going to get perfect people. We are all imperfect people. 
the difference between cops and other people sometimes is that we're imperfect people with perfect intent. When you omit something or when you lie in a background packet, you no longer have that perfect intent. And there's plenty of cops out there that got hired by omitting stuff. And there's plenty of cops out there who are going to disagree with me and tell me that you need to omit stuff. But I'll ask you this. You're here to be a you're you're here to be a peace officer for a reason. And the the cornerstone of our job is honesty. Everything we do, every ounce of support we have from our citizens, every ounce of support we have from our politicians, from our bosses, comes from, and from our partners, comes from our honesty. When you take away your own honesty, when you show people you are anything less than 100% honest, you start to chip away, not just at your own credibility, but you start a corrosive drip on top of the entire system of organized policing in a legitimate society. So, I'll ask you, do you want to be the guy that gets hired by being untruthful and then has to go their entire career knowing they got hired by not telling the truth and is now the guy that is helping to erode police work? Or are you going to be the guy that steps up, is 100% honest, will probably get hired anyway, and you live with a clean conscience your entire life? And that's exactly where I was at when I got hired. Again, my background packet was uncomfortable at times. But I decided I wasn't going to be that guy. I was going to get hired on my merits. And if I couldn't get hired, then so be it. But I was going to get hired for who I was, who I had been able to become, and who I wanted to be. And who I wanted to be was someone of the utmost honesty and integrity because that's what it takes to be a good police officer. And you know what? I wanted to be a good police officer. So be honest. Don't leave anything blank. Again, just like in the uh, initial uh, interview or uh, initial application, use NA or DNA or none or something that indicates that we know that you saw the question. Uh, if at all co- possible, make po- copies before you start so you can do a rough draft. That really helps because then once you start writing, uh, it helps it make it look a lot cleaner. Read the instructions. Check for the deadlines. Don't miss out on, on an academy invitation because you thought it was due next Friday and it's due this Friday. The other thing is get it done fast. Get it done correctly, but get it done fast because earlier entries get looked at first and they have a better shot of an academy offer. Because if you're – and that's it's just obvious. They don't wait – for all 500 applications to come in before they start looking at people because that would be overwhelming. They start looking at them as they come in. And if your packet comes in early, if your packet comes in number one and they start working on it, by the time the guy who, who's lazy about it and finishes and turns in packet number 20 is around, yours is done. They've sent the offer and, and you're, uh, you're one less person on their quota higher list that they got to worry about. So get it done early and then keep a copy of it uh, to use. Because you may you may end up using it for other departments or whatnot. Um, that's about it in terms of the stuff that I can offer. Because what um, 
the stuff that follows after this is kind of on you. The personal history questionnaire or the 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 personality tests. I can't tell you how to answer those. Uh, that's all, that's just personal to you. But again, they they're going to sound ridiculous. Some of them. I think I took two six hundred question tests in mine, and it didn't make any sense to me. But just answer the questions as you see them. They're simple. And they're they're weird. I mean, they're things like, do you hear voices in the dark? And if you're to overthink that, you're going to think, well, sure. I when the lights are off and my wife or girlfriend is uh, in the room, I hear voices. I don't think that's what they're asking. But again, I'm overthinking it. Do I hear voices in the when it's dark? No. Uh, do, <laughs> there's all sorts of random questions. I'd rather play violin than the cello. I have no idea what they're getting at with that. Just answer the question. You're going to tie yourself up if you get worried about it. Uh, the medical tests, obviously that's not something I can help you with. You're on your own there. Obviously just eating right and exercising and doing the stuff that will get you ready for the physical is going to get you ready for the medical clearance. Uh, actually, there is some other stuff with the chief's uh, interview. A lot of a lot of departments have a chief's interview, and it kind of goes to the same questions as the oral board. Dress nicely, be honest, look them in the eye, talk about how uh, you want to join the agency, the th- and talk about how you know the agency. How many officers do they have? What kind of patrol environment are they in? What kind of specialty assignments might you be interested in in five to ten to fifteen years? Um, do you have any, have you done any ride-alongs? Bring those things up. What do you know about the agency? Bring those things up with them. Smile. Look them in the eye. Don't be nervous. I mean, you'll be nervous, but don't show that you're nervous. Be confident. And, uh, that should get you pretty far. All right. So I'm going to go to some of the comments from listeners who helped chime in on this. Thank you guys. Appreciate all this. Uh, let's see here. Tommy says that he, uh, an issue he's been running into is his friends who are cops are telling him to admit certain mistakes. Well, you just heard my opinion on that. Uh, and he says, well, but the, but the background investigators are telling him to roll the dice and if the agency will take you or not. Um, time heals most wounds. There are certainly things that can't be undone. Fe- certain Most felonies, um, certain d- drug use, but most everything else can be undone. If it's bad credit or... Uh, minor drug use or a misdemeanor charge or a ticket or something like that from some time ago, put it on there. It's going to look, you're going to look more dumb if you get caught and, uh, and it's something minor. Youthful transgressions can usually be forgiven. Usually. And these do differ between agencies. So what washed me out of one agency was totally acceptable with another. So keep trying. And again, I'd rather get washed out by an agency and find the one that was right for me than get into the agency of my dreams, so to speak, uh, with dishonesty. Uh, Another comment, James hits it on the head when he says, I'm quoting, your integrity is the single most important thing you possess as an officer, in my opinion. If you can't tell the truth from the beginning about your past, how can an agency and the court system ultimately trust you on a day-to-day basis enforcing the law? He's absolutely correct um let's see here what else uh james has another great comment leave your ego in the car during your interview and keep it there until you've earned the right to have one (laughs) james thank you that's excellent um and also the the right to have one probably isn't for a couple years after the academy i'll put i'll add an asterisk to that um 
Be humble and honest about what you bring to the table and know what areas of your life you need to improve in to make yourself a more well-rounded person. Excellent advice from James there. James knows what he's talking about. Be self-aware. Know your weaknesses. They're, uh, if anybody's going to ask you what are your three strengths, uh, they're also going to ask you what your three weaknesses are. And don't give them an answer like, oh, my three weaknesses are per- I'm a perfectionist, I'm timely, and I care about other people too much. <laughs> we'll see through that a mile away. Uh, let's see. All right. What else? Um, Steven says his best, the found, he, the best way he's found out to practice for the entry level civil service exam is to practice reading, uh, exam prep books are fine, but as long as you become comfortable reading for a lengthy period, it's easier to test take. That's an interesting one. That's great. Uh, Jason, <laughs> Jason, uh, former guest motor cop, uh, his advice, be a firefighter and <laughs> I think Jason's probably probably not too far off. Uh, Jeffrey, who is a background investigator, says, as the person who does the hiring, I require applicants to do two ride-alongs. I actually prefer they do more than two, and I prefer they ride with several agencies, including a sheriff's office, a municipal PD, and maybe the highway patrol. If it's important to me that they, quote, know they are, it is important to me that they know they are making the right decision to pick my agency and not just get a job. Cop shops are all the same for the most part with job tasks, but the culture varies widely. That's absolutely true. He continues, if an applicant does not understand and fit with the culture, they will not thrive, nor will they stay long term. So if there were just one thing they could do, it would be to ride along with cops and be a sponge. Excellent advice from uh, listeners. And those are in the Squad Room Facebook group. So uh, if you want to get tips like that, ask questions. Join us and search the Squad Room, Face- Squad Room Podcast Facebook group on Facebook, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll approve you, and we'll get you in there, and you can start asking questions and uh, learning from some of these guys who have a lot to give. All right, if I missed something and you uh, have a question, by all means, shoot me an email, garrett at uh, thesquadroom.net. I would, uh, be ha- I'm sure there's something in there that I missed. This was kind of just off the top of my head, uh, but like I say, it's a question I get quite often. Now, if you want to know how you can support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the squad room, and you can make a donation to the show uh, in any amount of your choosing. Uh, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash the squad room. Uh, it helps support the show, helps us do some of our travel and research and that sort of stuff in server space, and it uh, is great. If there's something on today's show you know a loved one or a loved one a friend wants to hear or needs to hear, they're trying to get hired, you can send the show directly to them from our website at thesquadroom.net and uh, let them know. You can also uh, share it on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. And uh, also, let's see what else. What else? Oh yeah, I forgot to remind you too that uh, this episode is also brought to you by Audible.com with over 180,000 titles in their inventory. Audible has hundreds of audiobooks that apply to us. So if it's a slow shift, a long commute, audiobooks are a great way to continue the education. So to get a a free 30-day trial and free audiobook of your choice, go to audibletrial.com forward slash the squad room to sign up. So last thing I want is if you like this format, these questions, this Q&A, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter or on Facebook and let me know if you like this idea of me just sharing some uh, ideas. I try some more of these here in the near future. We'll be back with uh, some great guests in the next couple of weeks. Looking forward to a fall and winter that's going to be full of great information for you and I. We've got a lot to learn. All right, so until next time, everybody, take care of each other and stay safe. <laughs>